0: going up, curtain going up, places please, All you, stand by Ladies and gentlemen, she comes to you from the cornfields of Indiana. She loves the Constitution more than she likes most people. Allow me to introduce Shouse in the House.
1: Um okay, Wayne. Uh, I'm so glad that you're joining me today. Um, I want to first give you the opportunity and talk about your life prior to. So um, tell me a little bit about what you did for work, like what part of England you're in, things like that. I'd love to know more about you as a person.
0: Sure. Um, Yeah, so I'm 50 years of age. I have worked all my life. I've always been a fairly healthy person. Um, exercised regularly, gone to the gym, gone for a run. Always been very active, um, never stopped, you know, always tired, You're always trying to keep busy doing things. Yeah, um, and then things changed, don't they?
1: What type of work do you do, if you do, or did you do, I guess I should say, if you no, don't mind me asking. I still,
0: I still work for them, obviously. I, I haven't actually been there in seven months. Um, hopefully they'll take me back at some point, but uh, we have – other discussions to come next week so we have to see what happens um so basically they are a retail company food retail um i've been with them for about eight years now um before okay. that i used to work for a, a food manufacturer called weetabix i don't know if you've ever heard of them um but i was there with them for 21 years so uh yeah, I've, And what
1: part of England it. are you in, if you don't mind me asking? Like, Yeah, you no, can sure.
0: just... yeah I, I live in Northamptonshire, which is about an hour north of London.
1: I used to live Tell in me. Lincolnshire, so I'm, okay. I'm familiar with the area.
0: Sure. So what made you move? You um,
1: so I went to school over there for a while. I... Uh, had the joy and pleasure of living in Grantham when I was there which I'm is there. not <laughs> is not a great place oh dear. but um Lincolnshire in general like just it's really interesting being able to live in England or Europe in general and then see the it's just so rich versus here in mm. the United States is so I I always call it glossy like it's very new And so it's, I don't know. It's just different living over there, but um, I don't want to get sidetracked. I want to, okay, let's go ahead. And the purpose of you and I having a conversation today is um, for my audience that doesn't know, Wayne um, received the jab and has had, and I I have to be really careful. I'm just going to be transparent with you guys. If I say certain words um, YouTube won't allow my episode to stay up, and I already have one strike against me, so I don't okay. want any more. so
0: yeah.
1: um, so I'm gonna you change can, some you words can Say around. the
0: initials you can say the initials of of the specific name, though, can't you yeah yeah a z oh,
1: yeah so uh, he received and and so tell me a little bit first of all, which one did you get?
0: i had my a z
1: okay. And so when you had that, how long ago did you have the job?
0: It's nearly seven months ago now. Um, time okay. seems to be really flying.
1: So when you, when you received it, were you open to it beforehand? Did you feel pressured into getting it? I mean, you said you're 50, you're a healthy male. What made you yeah. decide to go ahead and do it?
0: There was a lot of hysteria, a lot of... Um, Mainstream media and government were putting a lot of pressure on people because it's quite—it's dangerous, it's deadly. Um, this um, this thing that's going around—you need to have these jabs to protect yourself, protect your family, your friends. And you don't hear anything negative about it, and so you think, "Well, I better have it." Um, and so, when I had my message on my phone to say that uh, I can make an appointment uh, to get mine done, and I did. Um,
1: So afterwards, like, how did you know there was something wrong? What were some of the symptoms that you experienced, and what is your actual diagnosis now and prognosis moving forward?
0: Yeah, sure. Um, Yeah, so within an hour or two, um, you warned that you might get a slight headache or a little bit of arm ache. And so within an hour or two, um, I actually felt the arm ache and a slight headache, and I thought, okay, here we go. You know, it shouldn't be anything much. They don't warn you of anything else. So, But within those couple of hours, it got much worse, and the headache got so extreme that I just couldn't think. I couldn't process any any thoughts, Um, and I just had to go to bed, and I spent the next few days just basically lying in bed. I had great difficulty in getting a doctor to see me because here they don't do that. They don't, all through the, uh, sorry, all through this, they haven't wanted to see people. Right. Um, And so I phoned regularly to be seen and all they wanted to do was say, it's fine, don't worry. It's just normal side effects. Um, but I really don't feel well today. My, my head, my headache is getting worse. My, my dizziness is getting worse. I'm starting to feel confused. And this was going on over a course of a week, and then it went into a second week. Um, repeatedly, all I was getting back was, it's just, don't worry, it's just normal side effects. And I got to the point when I was either promised to be seen, to to be invited in to be checked over and then let down, Repeatedly, and I finally got admitted in by a GP because I sounded so so bad over the phone. Um, I was delirious and I was not making much sense in my my words and within seeing me within minutes, he called an ambulance because I was struggling to walk down the corridor um, I shouldn't have driven there, but I did because by that point i'd lost my conscious my my thoughts, my train of awareness of how bad I was. Um,
1: So Wayne, let me interrupt you really fast. If here in the United States, if you had gotten to that point, you would have just driven to the hospital and gone to the emergency room. So when you're talking about GP, you're talking about Mm. like a physician, like a doctor's office, just a traditional, and they wouldn't
0: see you. No, I mean – If I'd have realized how serious my condition was, I would have just gone straight to the emergency room or the A&E is what we call it here. But I'd lost that awareness. And so when that's gone, you just accept that, oh, you know, I'm being told, don't worry, it's fine. And you just accept that. But when I was finally asked to come in or told to come in because I sounded so bad and they said, well, we're going to call you an ambulance straight away. Um, And they checked me over. My blood pressure was 203 over 120, which is extremely high. Oh, my gosh. And he said, well, we were going to tell you to make your condition sound worse than it is. um, Just so you got sore. We don't have to. (laughs) I know. Just so you got sore quicker and much more in depth. But we don't need to do that now because your blood pressure is far too high. And that turned out to be a side effect, a new side effect then, of having these jabs. Um, so when they took me to the hospital, they obviously checked me over. Um, when I was in there for 11 days, um, had um, CAT scan, had MRIs, I had um, a deep thermic scans to actually just check there was nothing going untoward going on um, through my retinas and everything else. And then I had a lumbar puncture. It was evident after they did the MRI scan, that I had brain tissue damage. Um, And they told me this. And I had two consultants both tell me in a prognosis that going forward they saw as being likely that I develop MS and or dementia. They still then carried on to do the ophthalmic scans and the lumbar puncture, even though they didn't need to. And if you've never had um a lumbar puncture i wouldn't recommend it there's so many risks involved possible risks when I you're saying of...
1: lumbar puncture is that a spinal tap is that what
0: yeah there's there's different terms for okay. it. yeah that's that's what we call it here it's obviously very okay so sim- it's very equal to a, a woman having a um
1: epidural
0: epidural yeah um the pain is incredible, um, going right into your spine with a needle, it's so dangerous. Um, the risks of being paralysed are so high, but they don't tell you this. They say there's a slight risk, um, but um, bear in mind I've been in the hospital for 11 days, um, I'm on morphine to get through the pain anyway. So you just accept things and I found out a friend of mine, she had a similar problem and. She's basically been laying in the bed for the last four or five months because it didn't go right. Uh, But they don't want to this. Um, So I did eventually get discharged and I suffered some neck issues connected to my lumbar puncture because obviously when they drain the fluid from your spine, it's almost as like your neck, your head, it feels loose on your neck. And this is the problem I had for a few months and caused quite a lot of pain uh, aside from everything else I'm dealing with. I mean, I've still been left with dizziness, uh, mental fuzziness, and it, um, it gave me an altered gait. Um, so it's clear that when I'm walking, there's, there's an issue. I don't have full coordination. Um, fortunately, I never developed seizures or shakes as as a lot of child victims do seem to do but um yeah, over the months the the prognosis um has still been there in the back of my mind, and obviously I just deal with it day to day um haven't really had much input from doctors or consultants for many months because over here it's just very difficult to actually get anybody to see you because they're so backlogged with other things going on in hospitals. Um, so four months later, I saw a, a neurologist, and because my condition had been um, getting worse, so I say the headaches have been more extreme, the des- dizziness, um, I had some more MRIs done very quickly, within a week. Um, there had been some major changes to the activity in my brain. Um, So originally the MRIs showed white shadowing on my temporal lobes, which is quite indicative, and it's quite similar to a lot of other uh, people who have had these um, jabs. I've found out. I've just been asking questions people on social medias. Um, But there's been a major change over the last few months. Um, They're not too sure what it means. They still don't know the prognosis for sure. Also, they've, they've given me this MS and or dementia. But now some of them say, well, maybe that's not the case. But they still don't know what it means. The white shadowing is now over the, the whole of my, 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 my brain tissue, which is now a possible reason why I'm now getting such heavy migraines, because the headaches I've had for months have got worse. So um, a side effect of the, the jab is high blood pressure. So I've been dealing with hypertension ever since, and it's something I've never ever had before. But So the blood pressure medication I've been on from being discharged from hospital has been steadily increased over the months, just to try and combat it from day to day. I do daily uh, observations for your blood pressure checks. So dealing with that, bearing in mind that's one thing, and then the pain relief has been increased steadily because the pain's been getting worse, which then turned into migraines. Um, all seemed to be going fine up until a couple months ago and well probably about a month and a half ago now, I got such extreme headaches and I couldn't keep up with the pain relief and I ended up being rushed into hospital. Uh, this happened on two different weekends and it turned out I had brain inflammation. That was the
1: two times that we were scheduled to speak to one another, right?
0: This is it, yeah. It, it's it just <laughs> really thought. unfortunate. Um, yeah it was just quite I thought I was progressing I'd had some um, of a certain product that is available in America and this country doesn't want to stock it the the GPs can stock it they used to stock it uh, many many years ago begins with an I Um, and I managed to source them from a friend and it made amazing differences to how I am the brain fog or fuzziness amazingly cleared within a few hours, I'm still not 100%. percent i am still got my neurological issues, and I probably will um, for the rest of my days. It's, it's, it's just unknown. Nobody really knows what's happening. Um, but... Fortunately, when I was released on the second time, um, I got some better pain relief. I've got more migraine medication, and that seems to be controlling things a lot better. Um, I do have to take a lot of medication, which is the unfortunate thing, um, but the doctors seem in agreement that that's okay, that's fine. Um, and I spoke, spoke to my GP a couple of days ago and he still seems fine with that. And, um, so yeah, it's one of those things that you have to just keep pushing on and progressing through and hope that the next day is going to be as good because I've had a very um, fairly good few days now and I've actually been able to get back outside and enjoy some sunshine, actually go for a walk today, which I did just a short while ago. Um... And I will pay for this tomorrow. I will be fatigued. Um, it's just something that I do seem to still get. Um, I even joined a gym again recently. My GP told me I needed to be getting more exercise. And bearing in mind that you're suffering dizziness. You're <laughs> just your normal everyday neurological problems that I've had for seven months. And he tells me that I need to be doing some more exercise. So, okay, I, <laughs> I, I joined, joined my old gym um, first time in Get once. right
1: on that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, and I did some cardiovascular work on a on a stationary bike, and I went onto a treadmill, which I have to hold on because of the dizziness, and I, I just can't walk fast normally. Um, And it felt great. It's strange to feel dizzy, but you progress and you push yourself through it. But the two times that I've been, each day, I felt so exhausted the day after. I just can't do anything. And I've just basically laid on the sofa not doing anything for a day or two because I just feel so exhausted. Um, I'm trying um, alternative things like um, supplements, Um, basic things just to protect your immune system a bit more because once you have a jab what they don't tell you is that your body's depleted of its own natural immunity now and so you need to input it with vitamin c uh, vitamin d zinc and all sorts of other things because this is why you're at risk of catching shall we say um, a virus again um, you're more at risk and this is why people are now being rushed into hospitals because their bodies have just got no protection. Um, so I'm listening to my body that way, um, taking some smoothies, taking some more healthy fruit drink, just trying to boost my immune system a little bit better than it was. Um, but you, you don't want you get warned about any of this. My doctors, my my GPs, nobody warns you that there's a risk of your catching something that's so bad from a jab. Um, the yellow card system in here is very similar to your VAIR system. It has some startling figures of people being injured um, and sadly who died from their jabs. But they don't warn you this beforehand. You just roll up to the your clinic, your drive-by marquee that they had at the doctor's surgery in my car. They jab you, and then they give you an information leaflet. And basically, it's a very basic form that states, um, oh, there might be some minor side effects. And that's all they tell you. They don't warn you of anything else. They've changed the form since to make it more in-depth and actually warn you that you need to go to your emergency room, your hospital, you seek emergency help within a few days if you're not feeling well. This is seven months later that they're actually making this information available
1: do you think so i have a couple questions that i want to go off of what some of the stuff that you just said do you think that if you had gone to the emergency room faster that that your brain tissue damage and the other um, side effects and, and ailments that you have from this, do you think that would have been mitigated or minimized? Would there have been anything anyone could have done to prevent it?
0: Oh, yes. Um, so when I said I'd, I'd repeatedly phoned into my doctors about seeing, being seen, and they promised to invite me in, um, I made extensive notes um, all through this because my brain – doesn't seem to retain the information as well and so I've got quite a, um, a document of dates and times and facts and figures and quite clearly when I got to the emergency room um, the consultant said to me quite plainly and said if only you'd gotten here sooner the damage wouldn't have been as extensive as it, as it was. And I, I said to him, I said, but I've been fighting to get to see by seen by my GP for two weeks, but they told me it was nothing to worry about. Um, and by that point, obviously, I'd lost awareness of how serious I was or else I would have then seen um, or seeked some better attention. But
1: Right. Yeah. Um, yes, here in the United States, like you were, you had mentioned the VAERS system, It's very almost like hush hush when somebody has adverse effects. It's the communication around the VAR system is like, well, that's like Wikipedia. Anybody can add that information on. You know, they're trying to discredit that system now and suggest that, you know, this isn't as bad as people are making it out to be. So has anyone definitively told you this is because of, uh, as a result of you getting the jab? Has anyone like, Outright said that to you from a physician perspective.
0: Yeah, because it was documented to my GP. Um, they quite clearly said, and for, before he'd called the ambulance, said, "Don't worry, I'm going to report this to the yellow card system, your equivalent of theirs." And that was the first time I've ever heard of a yellow card system. I thought, "What's that?" It's, it's an accident reporting site for anybody who's had um, medication issues. Okay. Um, And when I got to the hospital, the consultant said, don't worry, we're going to report it to the yellow card site. And I thought, well, two people within the space of an hour or two have said this to me. But before that, I've never actually been aware of it. The narrative since has changed. Um, I've had a lot of negativity through my GPs um, trying to say, well, maybe it's something else. And I also had conversations with them and so, said, well, hang on a minute. You tell me that it's directly linked to my jab. The consultant in the hospital told me it's directly linked to the jab because the jab caused a new side effect, which is high blood pressure. Um, that directly then caused the tissue damage, so it is directly linked. And it is on my discharge papers as being directly linked to the jab. So that's, that's all done in black and white. But ever since, my GP seems to change the narrative because there's pressure on them from government to actually change um, the dangers involved. They need to make it so that people are more likely to get jabbed rather than all this information being released and then it would stop that whole process straight away. So what I then did, because I had this doubt in my mind that I was actually not actually been logged with the other card system, so I actually did it myself a few months after. Um, and I also then contacted um, AZ Direct, um, and they put me in church with their neurological team. And supposedly, they're going to help me in some way. I haven't had anything from them to this day, but supposedly that help is meant to be there for me um, at least I know now it is logged because um, this is what's happening there's so many people not getting um, recorded on the system so although the recorded system at the moment says there's 1600 deaths in the UK I think one point was it one was it 1 million three hundred? thousand cases of people having aver- adverse reactions. Mm-hmm. A report came out a few days ago that I saw it's probably been around for a while but somebody did uh, a lot of sol- uh, uh, searching through various uh, platforms and he actually found all the data himself compiled it all down figure out what it meant and it actually worked out there was about 30,000 deaths in the UK instead of what's actually been on reported on the Yellow card system. I know for a fact there's been 5,000 people um, who have died from their jabs in Scotland alone, which then paints a different picture. For the size of Scotland and the size of the UK, you then realise that 1,600 must seriously be wrong.
1: It makes me wonder because, I mean, here in the I, – I, and I keep referring back to the United States just to make sure that I we're talking about the same thing, but – um, going back to our reporting last year, I think the number ended up being like 2,900 is the yeah. number of people um, who died from, I'll edit that part out, who died from the virus with no comorbidities. And sure. so when you put that into perspective, we're now talking about healthy people who were who were not sick, that have now died, like at, at what point do we weigh that cost benefit analysis i I guess is kind of like where I'm coming from because that number mm-hmm. is a lot different th- than what's being reported, and so I, it's kind of scary
0: it's it is scary it's the, it's, the, it's the pressure that's there to keep driving this on it makes you wonder what's going on because you know, the incentives are there. I mean, we've never had this in the UK as what you as I've seen in America. It's like a free burger, um, get entered into a million dollar draw, uh, get out of jail free card purely if you'll get the jab. I mean, what? Why? You know, why should right. you need to be incentivized to get something that's supposedly meant to be good for your health?
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's interesting. We like our country right now has reached 75% of the population that can be um, inoculated. 75% have had at least one shot. But the pressure doesn't match the, n- the number that's left, right? Like the amount of pressure that's there, now we're talking about forcing it through your employers. And, you know, mm. now there's a whole nother level of of. Now we're starting to see the boot come down, right like I and yeah, I right. use that term pejoratively, yeah. obviously, but yeah, no, it,
0: um, it's
1: I'm curious if you think because there was a conversation that I had last night in my little space that I held, and we were talking about um medicine in general in the United States versus in Europe. Do you think that the socialized medicine system that is in Great Britain has has possibly contributed to the amount of time that it took for you to get into the, the hospital or to get the treatment that you need. You're talking about like your gait is messed up and you're still having neurological issues. Like, mm. do you think that if you picked up the phone right now and said, Hey, you know, I think I need therapy. Do you think you would be able to get it? Like, I just want to kind of understand how that looks as far as the way this is being treated.
0: Well, Things have changed drastically over the months. I mean, obviously, I noticed from when I was in hospital seven months ago and the care that I got, which was amazing, and I was hearing reports of all sorts of people being rushed in with similar issues. Um, There was a guy who had been disabled, um, but he'd actually regained um, pretty much fully um, mobility again with um, rehabilitation. And this was told to me plainly by the nurses and the people that were in there. The care that I got then has changed dramatically to what I got about five weeks ago, six weeks ago. Um, even over the case of one weekend, I had some really good care. I mean, brilliant. Um, but I was looked at very negatively because I'd only had one jab, and I've actually, I can only have only have one jab. My GP said to me, "You can't have any more because it's just too, too too dangerous for you. The risk too great." But the negativity that was given to me by the sisters or people who were on the admittance um, was like, oh, you've only had one jab. Well, you know, it's almost like I'm dangerous now. You're I'm a leper, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm risky to them. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, there's been that strange change because I don't understand that if a, if a jab is, that, I keep nearly saying, saying the word, if the jab is that safe, why should it matter If somebody hasn't been jabbed fully, because they keep saying fully now, that that means if you've had one, two, or as in Israel, three, and they're even looking at the fourth now. So you'll never be fully jabbed because every six months you need another one. Right. This whole pressure to keep keep getting jabbed, it's been locked into your workplaces now. I mean, you touched on that very briefly. I've seen it's just starting here now. Uh, we, it was all meant to be in quite like a lockstep, uh, all countries doing it at the same time. But something badly went wrong because we were seeing a lot of damage and um, injuries here. Um, and Australia noticed this, and so they were very reluctant to actually take it up. And so they fell right behind, which is why they're now in serious lockdowns. They've been like for eight weeks now. Even though they had no deaths... All they had was cases, and they get their cases from the double po- the, the false positives with the, the, the PCR test. So this then meant that they could lock them down because they had cases. Cases don't mean anything. If it picks up flu, picks up influenza, it picks up even if you've had the virus and you've recovered from it, it still picks it up. It's that flawed. Even the, cre- the inventor of it, he said you shouldn't be using it for anything else because it's so flawed. Right. So this is the reason they can keep you in stasis by having these lockdowns. Unfortunately, we managed to get out of lockdown we get some sort of norm- normality back, but then they keep having these cases to keep driving the nar- narrative about, oh, you need to keep having the jabs because it's still so deadly. So now they're linking to your workplaces, and I've seen in in some parts of America it's just starting to kick in. Um, France, uh, Italy um, have had it so badly that they're locking nurses and doctors out of their workplaces because they refuse to be jabbed. They see the dangers, they see the risks, and also don't believe in the, the jab passport. This is something that should never have ever been created because it's taking your freedoms away. You know, you. the moment, they're going to launch it here in in October, part of our winter safety plan. It's all to protect (laughs) the people. Um, They're going to jab children, um, they say, from the starting of this week. Um, I think it was meant to be Monday, but there's due to be some sort of parliamentary discussions over it Monday, Tuesday, and then it could be Wednesday, possibly that it starts. The JCVI, which is the equivalent of the CDC in America, um, says you do not need to jab children. It's not warranted. They're not at risk. There are actually more risk, more chances of harm from the jabs, so you don't need to do it. We recommend you do not do it. So then the chief medical officer, step forward. Your equivalent is obviously Mr. Fauci. Um, No, we're going to do it anyway. Why are you going to do it? You don't need to do it. You've been told by the science, you've been telling us all along to listen to the science. The science tells you what to do. Science is telling you don't do it, but you're going to do it anyway. So you're putting 12 to 15-year-olds at so much risk of – you've heard reports over there, I'm sure, as well, because I've seen various – cases of Americans, young young children being hurt by the jabs because it's causing my, myocarditis and uh, yeah, of other serious problems. I just read
1: a report the other day where it was like one in every 2,500, I think is what it was, children between the ages of 12 and 15, one in every 2,500 um, receives it gets myocarditis, myocarditis, I think is how you say that word, yeah
0: i mean if that's if that's true, that's still too many um, well, yeah, a, I mean
1: that's a lot.
0: yeah, but it's also the other risks. It's like not everybody will die from the jab, but every other one will suffer something. I know right. personally a couple of people who went blind from the jabs in my my small town. Uh, there are at least half a dozen who have had other similar issues to myself, brain tissue damage. Um, there's so many people I'm in touch with on a social media um, that have had blood clots. There's different risks linked to different jabs. It seems to be to me, from what we were talking, we seem to be finding this. The batch numbers also seem to indicate certain issues as well. Purely um, a good friend noticed this herself, and people she was talking to noticed similarities in that certain batch number. And to this date I've only seen one other person with my batch number having a similar issue. Um, I spoke to her last night, and her, sadly, her mother had died. She was very sheltered to a lot of what was going on because nobody wants to admit to you that it's linked to your jabs. They try to keep it so quiet, so secret. And just by talking to her, um, and she told me about this, and I said, well, what's the number? You Because know, here's mine, and hers is um, 10 digits out of what mine is, but it's still an EB, which is all part of that batch number. And that's the first one I've actually encountered so far. But there's so many batches, there's so many variations, because this seems to be what they've done, that they've changed the recipe or the ingredients all the way through to see different reactions and different things, which is why there's such a variation in people with different injuries. Yeah, okay, there's many um, that I've seen in America and I'm friends with through social medias, and there's certain different help groups. I don't know if you want me to mention the, the, the help groups, yeah, no, I think that's
1: great for people who are experiencing the same thing. Yeah, Please
0: mean, do. Yeah, there's, um, well, one's very closely linked to the name that we can't mention, so <laughs> I can't say, say that one. But No More Silence, which is a, a, an amazing one. Um, uh, Robert, uh, Robert Kennedy is actually linked to that. Um, okay. He's very supportive of the work that's been done with that. Um, But they've got a website and now actually um, do what they can for you, supportive-wise, information, and they'll actually share your stories on their website just so you can feel you're getting some sort of support um, and help for others. There's another one, um, No Fear is another one that's um, helped me uh, very early on. Um, I'm on quite a few different ones just purely because I, I now try to help others. Yeah. Purely through my experiences, because for months afterwards, after being discharged from hospital, I was alone. I felt like there was nothing. I discovered so much information on social media um, whilst I was in hospital because there was nothing to do. I was dosed up on morphine. I needed something to pass the time. And I discovered so many people had also had injuries. And it just, I couldn't believe it. Um, But I open my eyes to it, and I've now decided to do what I can to better inform others of potential risks so they can make a better decision. If you feel that your immune system is compromised, you've got underlying health issues, you feel there's some small benefit of help in a jab, go for it. Um, I don't tell anybody to not to have it. I tell people that there are serious risks involved, Um, Just look at my cases and various others. Um, Long-term data is the problem, though, because these uh, things are still in trial for another two years. Um, Right. This is the scary thing, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Do you feel like there's a concerted effort to kind of silence people like yourself in your experience? Because you said that, when you first came out of this or when you were first dealing with this that you felt incredibly isolated? Do you think that's done intentionally so that, so that you're not able to help people or not able to, I guess, inform people so that they can make the right decision for themselves?
0: Um, certain social medias do um, censor heavily hence why you can have to be very careful when saying certain words. Even texting, messaging on social medias, you have to alter the wording of certain things or else you will get uh, suspended, banned. I've had uh, banned for a few days at a time purely for innocently saying something and then discovering that I've said something bad. Um, So yeah, there is something there that, they do want to stop the information being seen, um, but the words do get out. And fortunately, the more popular you are, the more um, traffic you seem to be driving, you will get suspended well, and you will probably get banned. Yeah. I mean, there's been quite a number of celebrities, um, um, famous people who've spoken out repeatedly, and sadly, they are no more. Um, their message is still getting through because they does decide to release via various other platforms like BitChute and um, message sharing sites who then can then share with others. Um, so the help is still there. And obviously, if you are careful, you can still stay kind of um, below the radar a little. Um And so far, right. I, I've been very lucky. Um I've only had um, a day ban or uh, now and again, because um, my aim is just—it's just to help people. Um, I've been through a heck of a lot. People have been through way worse than me. And the poor people that actually end up losing a relation purely for doing something that was whole was right to do by the government or the media. And the media are shocking because they won't even print any of this, um, and they don't get the chance That's- to voice. Um, that's why I wanted years. to
1: have you on. I feel like when I came across your story, I was like, "Wow, I wonder how." And provided this has been a little bit earlier on in this process, it's just been a oh, while for you and I be to be able to sit down yeah, with yeah, one another. Fun. But it it makes me think about like, "Wow, I, there are a lot of people out there maybe that are experiencing this, but I'm not hearing about it. I'm I'm certainly yeah. not hearing to the degree with which you have been through." So. I think mm. that it's important to have these conversations to help people make informed decisions, not Definitely. necessarily to say do or don't do it, but that it's not just going to be a sore arm or a headache. There are other potential things that that may be involved. So um, you've touched on government and media, so I want to talk about those two things for a second. How do you Mm. feel about the government now being involved with mandating this, right? Like we're starting to get to the point where it feels very authoritarian as far Mm. as this is concerned. And then the response from the media, almost like inviting it. In the past, the media was supposed to hold the government accountable um, across the the world, right? Like that was their responsibility was to be kind of that additional check and balance. They call it the fourth estate.
0: Mm. Um,
1: so talk to me a little bit about what your thought process is there.
0: So around the world, the press have always been free to print whatever they deem is in the public's best interest. So if something that is going to harm them, that's, um, going to put something in a bad light, whether it be the government celebrities, whatever it will be, they're always there to print that. All through this whole year and a half, there's only been one narrative. Regardless of how many people who've been injured, um, whatever their experiences, cases, whatever, as long as it goes with the government narrative, that's fine. I've spoken to various um, columnists in the newspapers, and a very interesting story. Um, I've had some very good replies from some of them um, here in the UK, but they're just not allowed to print anything because there is this draconian emergency law in place that stops anything going against the government narrative. We had a recently new six-month update um, put in place again because the six-month law had run out. So basically they had to reply again for the emergency um, laws we put back in place and the governments have basically rushed that through because it gives them uncontrolled power over everything so basically even though the jabs um, aren't cleared for use um, because it's under emergency law they can basically say they have the mandates to then say we deem it necessary um, to protect you, to protect everybody but you should have that's now shifted to being linked to your jobs, to your welfare. You can't now go to supermarkets, to stadiums, to theatres, unless you have your passport up to date. To now link that to, as in France and other parts of Europe, to coffee shops, supermarkets, just regular day-to-day activities. Australia, you can't even go to your cemetery to visit your relative who's passed away, your friends. You can't even go there unless you've got your passport up to date. You get arrested. People can't even walk down the street without a mask on in certain zones in Australia. Now, you're in the open air, there's no risk, it's it's, it's fresh air, you can't be in a safer place. But. Firstly, you've got to have your job passport up to date. If you're not, you're then arrested. You're then fined because you haven't got a mask on in certain zones. It's all about power. It's all about driving you to get that job and have it regularly up to date. They're now linking it into your jobs. So various professions are just starting here in the NHS, which is your, you know, your the medical services, uh, hospitals, so they now have to have those jabs mandated. If you don't, you've got to have it done by a certain date. Um, I think Australia, the trades people, the um, construction industry, they've got to have them done by the end of next week or else they are then out of a job. Um, it's filtering through through everything, every possible Job you could think of—it's not from the companies themselves; they're them told to by the government. It's a mandate. It's—it's it's got to be done. Now, there's no possible reason why you need this because if your jab protects you sufficiently, or it should do—that's the whole whole reason behind it. Then it doesn't matter who else has been jabbed or not. But the fact that they're now saying to children that you've got to have a jab to protect your parents who've been jabbed. Well, hang on a minute. They've already been jabbed. So why do the kids need to be jabbed to protect them further? They're not at risk. It just doesn't make sense. And now they're talking about babies. Um, I think South Africa's got this plan to jab as it's from six months to 17-year-olds. They were just going to do the whole lot all in one which is so crazy because people are put more at risk. Younger people haven't got the ability to fight off um, jabs and ingredients because it's just too strong on the body, too much risk. If you're an older person, it's it's bad enough, isn't it? Because, I mean, you're getting people like myself who have had these injuries because we just can't handle what's in them. So then what happens to the children? I've asked my MP to actually, what's in place for when this starts? Have you got some sort of medical facility? Because I don't know if you saw it in our UK papers a couple of days ago. They've actually stated that they're going to have police on standby. Because basically what they want parents not to have a say in this. They want to give the 12-year-old child the ability to actually say yes or no to have a jab. Yeah. It's now going one step further. So they now want to have police at the gates to stop parents getting involved. But the health official, the person who's going to be um, given the responsibility of jabbing, they are the ones who are now going to decide if that 12-year-old child has a jab. I mean, that's taken away from the child and the parent. So you're being forced to have a jab regardless, that's dangerous. It's enforced. It's brutal. It's, it's brutal, isn't it? It's just,
1: it's scary. Like it, yeah. the idea that, and you know, uh, I saw a couple, you know, bigger accounts and things like that on Twitter. We're yeah. talking about how many, oh, that's probably going to get, anyway, anti people um, yeah. there are, but the problem is it's not anti, it's, possibly hesitant or, um, yeah. but, like I have consulted with my physician and my physician yeah. has, has advised me that at this time, given the information that we do know so far that it is dangerous for me oh, to have this. That's,
0: that's great. Brilliant. Yeah. That's what really, nice to hear, isn't it? That's nice to hear. You know, you, you, you don't hear that from a lot of physicians and doctors.
1: But that was a conversation between my physician and I. If I work for an employer of a hundred people or more, even though I just recovered from three weeks ago, I have to submit either to weekly testing or mm. get the jab, or I mm. lose my employment.
0: That's right.
1: And now they're talking about you won't qualify for unemployment benefits if you're terminated right. for this reason. You know, so we're starting to get into some really scary precedent where the relationship between me and my physician is being removed and the the government is assuming the role of doctors i don't know it's just really scary as far as i'm concerned where do you see this going moving forward like there's no legal recourse for you right now you can't you can't go to az and be like hey look you screwed me over You can't do anything in that regard. You could, I guess, potentially your GP. You could hold them accountable for not having treated you.
0: I've tried to um, follow that legally, um, Uh but because the way they record your meetings or your um, consultations will be over the phone. The, the record-keeping is such that it, depend, it It defends the way they've spoken to you. So although I've got all these um, conversations noted down in my history on my phone, it differs greatly to what they've actually put down in the legal record. Um, supposedly, I've rang in saying, I'm, I'm absolutely fine, I'm wonderful. And then you think, well, if you're that wonderful, why am I ringing my doctor? right. It just doesn't make sense. Wow. Um, So you know the narrative's already been changed to protect them and to protect what they want to state. Taking it away from the doctors, that's just awful. Um, So going forward, so it's thought to drive the jab passport being brought in so they can have another element of control. So you, you touched on it with benefits. So if you can't work, you also then can't um, claim benefits like unemployment because you haven't been jabbed. That's dangerous. It's also going to be in time once they've forced it through because they need to force it through first. They need to get as many people jabbed as possible. Things about 75% or there's a certain limit. It's already been stated what it is. It's already kind of leaked through from other countries. Once that's in place, they can then force through the jab passport then they can link it into your bank accounts. They've got that ultimate control over your life and what you do.
1: Do you think that, that is this is cold? an attempt to eventually move into the Chinese version of the social credit system? Because that's what it, I mean, like we're getting into like mentioned. discriminatory behavior.
0: Mm, it's been mentioned that way. There was there a, a guy um, on Twitter. I can mention it, I guess. Yeah. Um, And he was linked to the government. He's actually a very knowledgeable person. He's actually pointed out the certain ways forward. Um, And that is basically what he's he's already looking at, the way it is. Um, You have to live a healthier lifestyle. You basically are deducted on the way you want to live in China, for instance. Yeah. You have to not go above your carbon limits, your... um, so if you want to travel regularly, you're restricted because, um, sorry, but you haven't lived a healthy enough lifestyle, you haven't bought the right products. That's where you've got to stop, basically. You're being restricted. Now, I wonder if that then rolls out to other people, like people in, in the media, certain celebrities, big-name big, big name people who travel for a living on their private jets. Right. Well, surely Politicians. There's surely there's a difference. I mean, right. there's, a, there's a much bigger carbon footprint left by somebody else with a private jet than me just going down the road in my car. Yeah. Surely, it's yeah, it's definitely a two-tier system, isn't it? It's it's quite scary where it's going. There's um, a lot of people trying to make a difference. Um, Seeing protests in America. And as ones regularly here in the UK, of people just trying to make a difference, just trying to say, look, this isn't acceptable. Um, they're now trying to do these protests to stop the children being jabbed because, again, that's a scary precedent. Um, there's enough people being put at risk health-wise, let alone kids. And I contacted my MP just to say, look, is there a health something in place to try and save a life because the Chances of a child dropping down, you know, with something serious, are so much higher than an adult. Um, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm afraid for the from you know going forward. You can just see what's going to happen. There's just going to be left, right, and center kids dropping. It's um, it's horrible.
1: Well, I hope for England's sake that that's not something that moves forward. I think if I think that would be I mean already we're we're to line in the sand moments here in the United States I think with some of the um some of the decisions that have been made and rolled out here recently but if if you start talking about parents being removed from conversations with 12 year olds being um jabbed mm-hmm. I I think you're going to start seeing some 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 different reactions here in the United States I, I don't see I don't see that going over very well here
0: so it was in uh, two online newspapers um, The Guardian and The Telegraph they actually had that on their front pages on the digital version um, actually removing that choice from parents and the people um, and that just sounded very scary very draconian very evil um, yeah. which is alien to the life that we lead from day to day. All of a sudden, have your freedoms taken away from something that's been fought for, for your freedoms for many years. Um, right. American, it's, it's part of your constitution. You know, your, your, like, my words aren't very good because I get very fuzzy, but it's something, it's, okay. it's something you fought for much strongly than a lot yeah. of other countries. Um, and that's just been erased, isn't it? From yeah. what I've seen, it's horrible.
1: Yeah, it's really hard. And I'm probably, I mean, I'm still very much in love with our Constitution. I'm still, mm. I'm a very freedom loving individual. And to see so many people not just be okay with it, but almost ushering in the idea of government control is just disgusting to me. And I have no problem mm. saying that to anybody. And I don't yeah, care if it just- gets taken down for that reason. So. Um, it's, it's really, really gross to see people wanting the government to, to take control that the shedding of responsibility for your, yourself and your family, that's mm. une, you know, it's unexcusable as far as I'm concerned. So, um, Wayne, I am going to let you go cause we're approaching an hour, I okay. really want to tell you thank you so much for, for sharing your story with me. Can you share with my audience how they can find you and yeah. and yeah, get sure. in touch with you if they want to talk to you?
0: Yeah, sure. Um on Twitter, I'm on all social medias as the same. Um it's at Wayne TLC. Uh, it's all lowercase. Um yeah, I mean, if if I can help you in any way, fine. Um my experiences i hope will make a difference to some people um if it just saves you going through what i've been through um it, it's done its job um but yeah it's been nice for me for me to be on so thank you
1: No problem. Thank you, Wayne. You take care and have a great day. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you'd like to be notified whenever we have another episode come up, please subscribe. We are available on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen. Please make it a great day in America. This is the country where few people leave, too many people want to enter, and dead people still vote. Take care.
0: I know not what course others may take but as for me give me liberty or give me death